I just go and pull the trigger. Hundred bucks yeah. is still hard for me. For some reason, that three digits is just a hard <laughs> barrier for me to cross. Yeah. I mean, because I don't have. I mean, I tell myself, "Oh yeah, this will be worth it," but will it really? When am I ever going <laughs> to sell these things, Kevin? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm suddenly going to start selling shit, please. I'm terrible at sales. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a table outside a convention. I can't even sell the fucking comics we promote on this goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we have a segment name for this thing yet, Kevin? Uh two idiots talking. Okay. This show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. we get into this kevin i mean i think we should get into this all right welcome back listeners please don't turn it off but it's your next installment of two idiots talking the complete eight ball uh you can call this part two i don't know why don't we call this the incomplete eight ball oh there we go all right because i i'm not quite sure how much or how many parts or whatever in the second half of this incomplete eight ball. But it seems like there's going to be some major bits missing. <laughs> well, for uh, previous listeners of the show, you may recall that Kevin and I, as part of episode 2523, almost flipped the digits there, discussed the first issue from the trade of the complete eight ball just came out by Fantagraphics in 2022. And then we released our first episode of these mini sods to idiots talking where we talk about issue two, but I have good news people. We've decided to cover a lot more than one issue this time. <laughs> Kevin graciously agreed. I felt we were just getting kind of bogged down on some of the negative stuff. This lets us kind of skim the stuff that doesn't speak to us, Kevin. Yeah, I, I, I think we we're kind of, we'd be beating things to death, going by issue by issue and saying we hate the same thing every issue or something. Well, the other thing that was interesting is because it let me push ahead, I realized that my favorite thing so far is in this collected edition, after the 10th issue and after the last <laughs> issue, he puts this <laughs> cool little summary where he just gives like a paragraph behind each issue. And I'm like, that's my favorite part of this thing so far. It's kind of where, interesting. Where, where can you find us? Are you, can you find us on Spoutable? <laughs> oh, I need to do all our... That's right. Any comic <laughs> noise part of the Deliberate Noise Network. Yay! And you can find old episodes and show notes at IndieComicNoise.com. As you heard from the disclaimer at the beginning, we sometimes feature adult themes because this eight ball collected has all kinds of adult business in it, Kevin. Not for, it's for mature readers, as some of the cover blurbs say. Yeah, there is a character urinating, and then he turns around towards you. Look out. But yeah, my favorite part so far has been the behind the scenes. And it's not a lot. It's literally like 
maybe two paragraphs per issue. <laughs> but it really cast a good thing. I wish I had... Now, when I read the next block, I'm going to be reading those segments contemporaneously. But I kind of wanted to experience it like, oh, I'm just reading 8-Ball an issue by issue, but decided that didn't really work out. <laughs> you know, it, th this is the thing. I feel like... It would be a much different experience if you were reading this as collected stories versus issue by issue. Like, I, I think it would be perfectly fair to say someone could read just like the selected trade paperbacks and go, oh my God, this guy's a genius. I want, and then if they put like those other like little bits and pieces into a trade and you'd be like, you'd read that and be like, what is this? Yeah, like you you get a like totally different. See, when you're reading the issues, you're like, you're like, oh, that one didn't really hit, like like an anthology type of thing. Like you're you're looking for the you like you get some good pieces, and then there's this other stuff in there, and you're like, ooh, that 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 didn't go over. Well, one thing I did enjoy about the whole this experience is it let us finish probably the primary, uh, the 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 ace of this thing is the serialized it's in every one like a velvet glove cast in iron <laughs> and i gotta say i kind of checked out on it it's there would be interesting things but i feel like he would drop that i think some of this had to do with maybe the gaps between publishing because it feels like they're completely like oh th this is kind of an interesting development and then the next issue it's like oh that's all completely done and we're on to the next thing uh, yeah, it feels like unconnected stories are the same story, but it also is like movies I've seen where it's like they'll have, you'll be think they're investigating a mystery, they're going to get somewhere, and then the next scene is just like a, a guy getting out of bed, then go back to the other characters, and you'll be like, why was that guy getting out of bed? Yeah, I don't, um, I, yeah, I, and I wonder if maybe... That would be the advantage of reading it when it came out, is you wouldn't have the last episode so closely in your head. Because, like I said, every time there was a twist from like, oh, what's going to happen with that? It would be like, oh, we don't care. We're on to the next thing. <laughs> and so I felt the ending, I just, I don't know, I just, I, I read it, but I was so checked out and just, it sort of meandered from thing to thing. But, uh, you know, this is where you jump in and tell me where I'm wrong, Kevin. Um, I mean, my first thought was, well, that, well, that didn't end that well, but then I was like, well, it, then I started thinking about it, I'm like, well, it ended, I guess, exactly how it was set up to end, or how I figured it would have ended, so, I mean, I, I also don't like the, oh, everyone's figured out what the ending is going to be, so I'm just going to do some massive swerve that doesn't make any sense, like, something, sometimes things have to end the way they're they're intended to end yes and the whole this the kind of meta narrative that they've been seeding that it's like a he's part of a movie even though he started by watching the movie and so some sequences he's watching the movie that has him in it and that's gonna come was also a device that i thought maybe that works better in an actual movie but in a comic book it didn't <laughs> Again, and that's my own thing, that whole, again, with the, like, dreams and, like, alternate things. I feel like it's less interesting 
Now, if it was he was reading a comic book, as opposed to seeing the movie, that might have been more interesting to me. If you want to go meta with the he's in the movie that he's watching sort of thing. I mean, I think the low point for me was like he's 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 gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna rent a room, and then there's the the Tina, the waitress, and whatever that was. I was just like. Where is this going? What's happening? Like, is this going to be the thing? But then we we get off to some other stuff, and then I'm like, I feel like I'm in more invested. Oh, actually, I was thing. kind of I was curious uh, when Tina lays those eggs or whatever. I was like, what's going <laughs> to happen? And then they just drop it from there. So we split differently. I was like, oh, at least okay, we've spent an issue or two with these characters. There, we have their backstory. We know her parentage and her mom and all this stuff and. I mean, she comes back around, but yeah, also for me, there wasn't much development of who these people were. I don't know what emotional arc the character went on or whatever, but I guess the guy with the crustaceans in his eyes ain't getting his car back is the lesson I took from it. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess like there's this weird, some weird, I don't, I don't know how much that added to the story. Some of those things as just like okay and then there's like these weird things brewing in the background like people are getting attacked or whatever and then they take over the white house and i'm just like yeah the gender riots that he yeah foretold in the earlier ones did seem like okay i guess that's the backdrop for this but i don't does that i don't know like i said it didn't seem to i guess it added atmosphere or whatever but I was somewhat checked out of it by then and was just glad to see it was rolling around. And then also, we've talked about before, there were a bunch of like these little interstitials where he just complains about things. Uh, and so I, I don't mean, know that we need to talk. Like one about Chicago <laughs> and one about just people out there. And, and then at the end, he's like, but is it me in a pretty self-serving way? None of those really did much for me. It was like the first one. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is this isn't funny. And then it comes back with another one. People took offense to the first one, so let's do it all over. It like every time something came up with like that, it's like, well, let's just do do the same thing again. I'm like, please, not the same thing again. Although we did find out from those show notes that at least one of the letters was a fake letter from his buddy. Or maybe Didn't they ask you if these if these were <laughs> fake letters? So I feel like that was a, a fun. And it's interesting how what I like about the back is he's really a lot of it's about the process. Like at some yeah. point he starts getting more color in the books and he starts complaining about the print job, and all this, <laughs> like in existing publishers and just real more fast. Like I thought this guy was like 19 or something when he did these because it's but you find out like he was married and divorced. And I'm like, where was that material? Like, I don't care about how you want to masturbate or, like, talk about, you know, what was it like being married? Why did you get divorced? Like, those seem like way riper material than the, I'm just going to walk around and be angry or complain about people in Chicago or what. Like, that seemed like you want to mine from your life. Well, those are good. You know, who wouldn't want to find out? That's riper territory for me than... This stuff about, oh, why won't chicks look at me or whatever. I just feel like, oh, that's fresh. Give me that. 
pump that into me, but daddy <laughs> I just feel like you don't veins. get a lot of, I don't know. I feel like these kind of superstar cartoonists don't talk about that end of it more. And I'm like, that's an interest more interesting to me. Like, I guess this guy's older. Or did he get married at 16 or what? Like how I had no idea he had a wife. Like none of that's in here at all or whatever. Yeah. Me, anyways. Yeah. It could potentially be more interesting if, if, it's like, oh, so your marriage broke down and, like, what happened yeah. and all that. Like, it, it it could be, could be some fertile territory there. Or at least fresher than, like I said, the, oh, you know, I want to have sex with everything and needle dick the bug fucker cartoon and that sort of stuff. <laughs> Which is fine, but I feel like, haven't we had, like, since the 60s, those have been well-trod ground i mean i guess it look if it speaks to you there's always room for more masturbation comics i guess but i feel like you better have something new to say because <laughs> that's uh already stuff done but i think we did it, both enjoy a lot of the dan pussy segments like it's i mean split the, up. The, I wish that was the funniest the funniest bit in this entire 10 issues we read here was I think the third issue where he's just like drawing, he's doing all these great uh, series and, and everything. And then, um, well, he, I guess he, he's like, oh, I can do, uh, go across town and, yeah. and do some, uh, do some comics for, it seems like he, he's just doing the whole industry. Like he goes to the emperor's new clothes and he sees how those artists work and everything. And I just totally cracked up at all these different moments in there. It's it's like they're like, oh, what's your influences? And then, the, <laughs> and then the he, he gives the name of uh, he's trying to impress that woman. Yes. So then he gives the name of of, of uh, this guy, and then and then they like hire him on the spot. Another thing I thought was funny is, so he goes, to, like you say, different publishers, including Fantagraphics. Yeah. And uh, Hernandez Brothers show up with affections and torpedoes. And they yes. love, and the publisher, love, and I'm like, and then you read in the bag notes that he's partying. Like he, at some point in this run, he moves to Southern California, is hanging out with them. And then he moves up to Northern California. And I'm like, oh, your buddies with him. Like, it's not, I don't think it's particularly, it's funny stuff. It's not like it's some... Um, searing damning indictment where your soul is oh he really burned them like i think it's just poking fun of it and also he always ends up back at infinity comics and that's when yeah you find out infinity comics he talks about that in those notes too it wasn't it's not like it's some specific i mean it's supposed to be marvel or dc but it's not some specific character he based the character on the old cartoon where is the one um the Ben yeah. Casey show from the 60s. Yeah, so it's eternity. more uh, like much more less of a like, oh, he's going to roast Stan Lee type. I mean, some of it's the hucksterism, but it's less of that, I felt like, than just, oh, it's this one particular thing that he saw and enjoyed. And thought was yeah, funny. I feel like people could really grab on to certain things and say, oh, look, this is all about Stan Lee and just like focus on that one thing. The only one I was less into was the master Dan Pussy's masturbation fantasies. Yeah. Like that one yeah. seemed like 
kind of tired oh his mom shows up and ever i mean i like the end where he just made me laugh where the last line was the funniest bit but you see some it's interesting also how he chooses to up or raise up or lower like the amount of detail like some of the segments he really goes crazy like there's one an issue for the future where it's really like lots of cross hatching and shadowing and really detailed almost like something you'd see in a black and white mad magazine or whatever or, well when, i mean the when content thought, wasn't well, interesting but the art like i like looking at what choices he made and how detailed it is when i thought we weren't gonna enjoy this or just uh i don't even know maybe you didn't enjoy this you're just you're just like oh these were the good parts this is this is all right yeah. but anyhow. well the problem is i like looking at it but i can't be like go out and buy this for like kind of what amounts to like an art experiment or something and uh, and like i said too many of those self-congratulatory like the one where he ends with like oh what am i doing am i drawing this i'm like Dude, draw your marriage in divorce. <laughs> and besides, you know I like the parody stuff. And he does a full-color Harvey Comics parody, which I don't think is necessarily the greatest parody ever, but I think it was just in stark contrast. It was something I recognized. It wasn't like a velvet glove. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> oh, there's Richie Rich and Casper, and it's not particularly insightful, searing indictment of it. But then again, I don't really know the character. Like, he admits in that back matter that he was a big, and even into this, the 80s and 90s, he was still reading Harvey comics. So he liked it to a, a larger degree than I did. So maybe these are much more on point. Some of it was just like, oh my gosh, I know Richie Rich. I know Casper. It's references I get in a way that, I, that made me feel like, oh, because some of this I feel like it's just over my head or I'm stupid or whatever. I don't know. But I like the Dr. Infinity at the Eisner Awards. I mean, it's not the Eisner Awards, but I think it's <laughs> meant to be where he goes through history and talks about, you know, all the artists are getting... That was maybe the harshest one, a little bit of the sort of most pointed satire bit, I thought. I like the alternate thing when he gives the notes where he's like Marvel, DC, like first yes. comics, <laughs> Eclipse. <laughs> and I'm like... You're talking North American comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is his perspective. Yeah. It's the whole Chicago thing. So it seemed like a particular side of Chicago that maybe not everybody experiences. But by then, you know, we're getting into issue six, seven, eight. There's a, it still has black and white, but there's a lot more color in yeah. the books now, which kind of helps. It's fun to see things, but yeah, some of it, it was just weird the whole i guess people love the those uh like i said the kind of navel gazing like uh, people are all messed up i'm an artist thing and I, the comics collector corner dan pussy one was good too although it's funny how he's making fun of like the value of old comics and i'm like Dude, sadly, comics now are worth a f maybe not you know spawn number one. Well, that's still worth a decent. Well, amount, but you you know that the comic that Marvel. sells every week is Ugh. spawn number one. Yeah, but uh, the one if the whole idea is to make money when you speculate in old comics, and I'm like, that's actually a you know I wish in 1991 <laughs> I had purchased as many af-15s as i could have like <laughs> that wasn't such a bad like 
out of all the things, that was that was a good. Yeah, I, I would have. That's not bad. I mean, I can't buy them comics now. I'll tell you. I don't remember what they were going for then, but I doubt you were seeing comics in the six and seven figures from then. That was funny speculation advice, though. Yeah. But, like, then he'll do... Like, there were a couple pages in one strip, Nature Boy, which I don't really care for. It was a nothing. But it's so detailed, unless it almost looked like Charles Burns. or Like, I'm like, yeah. wow, it's hard to believe the same dude. The only thing I don't like, I will say, stylistically, is a lot of his face renderings make the characters almost look like they're wearing masks. He does these heavy kind of circles around the eyes. And so, especially in the weirder segments where the characters might be wearing masks, it left me questioning, like, wait, is this guy wearing masks? Or, and then I was like, no, sometimes they're not wearing masks, and sometimes they are. But I had to be a little bit careful because he likes that kind of dark, heavy lines around the eyes. It looks like there's something wrong with them sometimes. Yes, and maybe that's... And then he... And a bit of reusing gags, like uh, on the cover of Nine, he uses the announcements to cover up the naughty bits. Yeah. Like, oh, we saw that. We easy. But if you're reading this live, like you don't remember, you know, it was years since you read that. Yeah. That, what it was, issue two or whatever. So you're like, oh, that makes sense. And then his whole rock and rollist versus comic book artist. <laughs> <laughs> was funny. He talks about that in the back notes. Yeah, the back notes really added a lot. We also finally get like art school confidential and the artist life. I thought that would be more interesting, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's, it's fairly standard. It is, but I will say, I think I've mentioned this maybe on Sister Show Marvel Noise. One of the more interesting panels I was at was two guys really got into it about interning versus going to art school. Like, which is more helpful for your career? Yeah. They got, I mean, they were front, like, it was for some publisher panel, Aspen, or one of those ones. And they were, felt really strong about it. And you could see that there really is this, I mean, this isn't about that. I mean, it's a little bit poking fun of art school, but it was just a fascinating to see two very strong takes on, well, do I want this, or do I go get experience? Like, I'm going to miss out on this, but if I get the experience, I get started on the career right away, and I learn stuff that's right away usable. Yeah, I always enjoy hearing about the Kubert School, and, like, people that went there, they dropped out, or or whatever. Like, I was listening to um, that off-panel podcast, and it was all about... uh, Clayton Cowles, and he was like, he was drawing, and then he got into lettering and everything. I'm like, this is interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, you, certainly. You usually they, don't hear about this type of stuff. They were. I thought it was always smart that they were. They taught everything, like every aspect, because you can maybe use one to get your foot in the door, type of thing, which is always a smart, you know, bootstrap your way into the, into the business. Like if you can do something, and yeah. we've seen that. How many times have we seen? Some guy that was like a letterer then get moved into... Uh, Chris Iliopoulos <laughs> was a letterer. If you're listening to Marvel Noise on some of the recent New Warriors-related segments, and then he's gone on. So 
you know, it's a good way to have your foot in the door and you're there and able to maybe pick up an assignment. Yeah, because sometimes all I knew was like some blurb from like Wizard Magazine and you're like, oh, I guess that's how it is, but... Yeah, I will say, like I said, the Velvet Glove thing, I always liked that the cops are all romantically involved. That's the silly <laughs> part. That's probably my favorite of the whole thing, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the ending because I don't know that I understand it, so... Um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of... It's kind of traumatic. I mean, I do, like you said, I do love the the endings of all the uh, the Dan Pousset ones, where he's yeah. just all. It's like the pri- every prisoner episode, where like whatever you do, you always end back at the island. <laughs> <laughs> he's always back at Infinity Comics. It's, he goes to the or that guy that's that's like using his artwork in like art gallery shows and everything. Oh, it's fine art and everything, and then it's like he's like, "Oh yeah, I got all this stuff framed." No, we're into mass murderers this week. <laughs> I do remember when that was—I don't know if that was still a thing—but there were phases where, like, all oh, this guys from guys in prison, all the artwork was suddenly like all yeah. the rage and everything. But yeah, uh, I'm really glad we pushed through and got to the notes because it just adds that extra context that helps. And also for me anyways, letting go of that glove is going to free this up. I'm curious about ghost world. Cause I did read some of it, but it's been, you know, probably 15, you know, like a long time. And well, some of the, the ones movie. I wanted to see, um, they're not in here. Oh, okay. Because I remember like, also... Like, I remember you saying they were reprints, like, after issue 18, but, it, like, the last issue was, like, Death Ray and everything, and I'm like, what? Oh, I think I read that one, too. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I thought, like, complete eight ball, but like you said, <laughs> you, I think you pretty early on said something like, hey, this isn't complete, <laughs> all the issues aren't here. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Hey, man, it's mostly complete, 8-Ball. Complete enough for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you think they would do another volume then and say the complete 8-Ball final season, really, part two, like Attack on Titan? Well, I wonder if they could, because it's only those few issues, if he has some other stuff they could fold, like... Yeah. Uh, You know, 8-Ball odds and ends type of thing, where he's also... Because he must have, all these guys usually, you know, did a little something in an anthology here and that that type of thing, you know. Or you did something for your buddy's comic. And he seems, like I said, there's something in here where he's partying with the Hernandez brothers and all that sort of stuff. And he knows other cartoonists and things. So there must be some sort of that type of material. And these guys usually were smart about keeping the rights or whatever, where they could pad it out and get it. I mean, I don't know. I I would certainly look at it and maybe get it because I do feel optimistic that we're turning the corner and maybe we're going to get less stuff about jerking off and why don't girls like me and I got nothing to write about and the world is scary into more interesting top. Well, interesting for me. I mean, look, I, if that's your jam, you know, pick this up for sure. <laughs> yeah, don't shame them, Andrew. No, I don't, and I don't have any shame. I just <laughs> feel like there's millions of comics about that 
lit- it feels like that's a whole joke about indie comics, right? Because it's all I, just I, about that. Yeah. So, and that it's joke like if you were you, you have the checklist for like Marvel and DC stuff, they also do, <laughs> and then you have the checklist for indie comics, and that is definitely on the list. Well, I hate to keep tying us back to other programs, Kevin, but sure. we did just both read. 18 issues of Nova set in the 90s. Oh, I, you know, the, and you wouldn't but not believe the week I you just, you just put me through. I was I was playing Hollow Knight, so that would be part of my night. Then I, I would cram on, on 1994 Nova, like not exactly a high point of Marvel Comics, and then I would read some 8-Ball. You know how bizarre of an, like, my brain must have just been having a seizure going, what, what are you doing? This stuff is not alike at all. Well, my other question was why I bring that up is when we talked about a comparison, well, 18 issues of A-Ball, 18 issues of Nova, do we do a <laughs> comparison issue? <laughs> a random, se- I mean, they're not really, this started way before then. I mean, it goes through that time period. Like, I think, because um, they put the dates on this, so does it end, when, let's flip to the back here, 93, 95, 97, yeah. Or do we look at that Nova series as the continuation of this 8-Ball series, Kevin? Maybe I that's mean, how the way it. Rich acts in his series where he's always angry and flipping off all the time, I mean, I can see some... Something's there. Here's our pitch. Dan Klaus was really writing the prequel in between Nova's original series and its final. This is the middle chapter that we read. It's really the character that leads uh, Like a Glove. That's actually Nova. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Or like they did that that series where it, that Unstable Molecules Fantastic Four story that was sort of Fantastic Four-ish. Yeah, it just made me laugh when we because before you had asked the question like, is it better than a Marvel or a DC? And I'm like, well, we got 18 issues of a random Marvel comic. We can <laughs> scale I, it up against and see. Like, would you? And I, was I mean, some of, of that Nova, but. I gotta say, I mean, th- it read easier than this, some of this. <laughs> I mean, someone on both sides will take offense, but some of that, some of that Nova was comparatively the same as some of this Able. <laughs> well, it was a nice, and we also gave ourselves permission to like, don't torture yourself on some of those little interstitial. Just kind of blow through them, like uh, if you're digging it, fine. But they have yeah. a same, and that's the other problem with reading these as a collection is I think the sameness of those run... Like, if you put a few months between it, it might feel fresher than yeah. reading them right after the... Uh, like, I don't know... I remember long time ago, a long, long time ago, before I was kicked off Twitter. No, I mean, way back. I remember Jeet here had gotten some crazy cat collection and was reading it, like, one strip a day to mimic how it would have come oh, out. yeah. To like really give himself the full experience type of thing. That's like reading a one of those essentials from the sixties and you read too many of those issues in a row. Like you can only read so many of those issues a day. Well, and as much as I love the eighties, 
you know, Jim Shooter's remit to keep reusing huh. everybody can make those a little brutal too. <laughs> I can only what? hear Wolverine talk about he's the best at what he does. <laughs> But when we thought we weren't enjoying this that much, I was like, I sort of had the question. I'm like, do people, I was like, do people read this for like the graphic design style and like him using the zipatone and all the stuff and the challenges yes. he's facing constructing an indie comic like people read 90s image for the art? That's the, those are the parts at least I'm in, I mean, like we said, some of the Dan Pussy stuff was funny, but some of that's also just, it's a relief to have something that's not the other stuff. Yeah. But I'm really enjoying, like, some of the different art choices and when he's more restrained and when he goes more crazy and that's... But part of that's also that I don't know if you had said, I'm done with this, I don't want to do this anymore, I don't know that I would have kept reading this. That's the world I'm curious about. And when I'm done with this, unless it turns around... <laughs> probably gonna give this to somebody or send it away or whatever like i don't see me revisiting it who knows maybe the last back eight issues are gonna be really transformative but like you say i think if there's something i like i'm better off chasing down that collected version well that's also the funny thing like you present this as oh you you must own this and this is so great and and everything and um like yeah, like maybe that that back half. I mean, I could see him hitting his stride and and becoming a better cartoonist, and then my story is just getting better, and there's less uh, flights of fancy or whatever. And then you really wanting to keep this, but if you only like parts of this, yeah, like totally buy those parts that you yeah. that you would want to keep, and then get rid of this for someone that's more into it and wants a complete collection. For sure, and I'm in all disclosure. I'm now completely skipping like those letter pages and stuff. So if there's something I should go back and read, Kevin, please let me know. But I just you know what I did? What? After a few issues, I just said I'm just gonna read a bunch of these similar things back to back. Oh, smart! Get them out of the way. Take your uh, eat your veggies before your dessert. Because it was, it was too much, it became too much like of a, of a grind to get the, like the, the bad story. And then, oh, that, you know, the, the, the like a glove story is there. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what happens there. And then to get something I wasn't interested in. So I'm just, I'm just going to read a bunch of these in a row. Smart. smart. And that puts like, oh, it, it, it gets the, like the bad taste out of my mouth. Cause I'm not reading that. I'm not stumbling across that thing again. Yeah. Well, like I said, let me know if there's any of the letter pages thing. And he is nice. He is smart to super promote his merch, like back issues and that, t-shirts. That's what and makes stuff me like think that. there's extra stuff because as as the issues go along, he's he's definitely ramping up the merchandising game and be like, "Hey, collectors, get these issues." And there's other things there. Oh, so I don't sure. know if that's just like reprints of stuff. Like, you wouldn't think it would be just reprints of stuff from the 8-ball issues that he's compiling. Like, it seems like there's other stuff there, and there's prints and... Yeah. postcards and yeah. stuff like that. And I know by flipping ahead, I haven't been reading, but I just flipped through, and, like, he, the Velvet Glove was collected into hardcover and softcover because he was selling it. I mean, unless these are gags, but I don't think he would... 
Why would you have a gag where you're selling back issues and merch? <laughs> I mean, I guess, isn't it funny? But I think those are legitimate, you know. Normally those gag things, they don't put an address. You know, they they just focus more on the gag and less on the, here's like... Because they put weird music and stuff. And by the way, uh, Andy, not interested in the music or the t-shirts or whatever i mean i'd be more interested in a t-shirt or, or print or something but that whole like we made an album to go with our comic thing has never never really been the thing you know i feel like it's hard to find someone who you enjoy both their all their artistic expressions i guess if i really loved his comic i'd try the album i don't know kevin did you look up any of the music mm-hmm. or see if it was online yeah. or anything I feel like we know people from like the forum days, like Bolton Boltons and everything that have similar musical tastes. So it's not that far of a stretch to like contribute to their Kickstarter or whatever, buy their comic. Oh, I've definitely bought and then and then like like but I feel like that's more of a like that's not a you don't that you know nothing about them situation. Yeah, this one I was, but I mean, it must have been, and I mean, they made enough money to get print runs of the music, and back then it's like LPs and CD, like that costs just like comics that costs money. It's not now you could just probably put that out on YouTube or whatever for next to no cost. Our so it must have done well enough to justify... I mean, maybe in the back matter he'll talk about that. And I know I'm also putting a lot of weight on Ghost World. It's going to be funny if I'm like, yeah, this is pretty dramatic or whatever. <laughs> but I, I mean, I watched both movies and thought they were fine. He talks a little bit about, in the back end notes, he's started by 10. He's starting to talk to um, uh, the Terry, the guy that ends up doing the two movies. Yeah. And they start working on some of it. I don't I think Ghost World came out first, but I don't remember. Like I said, I know I've seen both of both of them, both of the movies, but I don't and I also don't remember them. Maybe they're terrible or whatever and I just have a fond memory. You know what I mean? That kind of I don't trust my memory going back that far for a movie. But isn't he going to start talking from like rarefied air? It's like the Kirkman manifesto like you get a comic book movie that's not a superhero movie before, like th- this becomes really a thing, and then you, two, you get a little bit of money and you're like involved in Hollywood and. I mean, two movies. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> like that's crazy. That's a good even if they're not, and they were not super indie. I mean, they weren't like giant blockbusters, but they had real promote. You know, you'd see commercials and tra- like they. Actors had recognizable that you know. actors and stuff like yes it is a weird kind of thing that he really hit but he also must be doing really well because he moves up to berkeley and all like that's not a cheap place to live oh my but i don't maybe back then it was but now all you hear about is how it's one of the most expensive places yeah no one can afford to live there and everything and so he's clearly found these books must I mean, I don't know if he had other income or what, but he's doing good. Like, people were buying these things or so, something was happening. I mean... Or maybe he's comes you from have, money. I don't know. You have to have some kind of job on the side or doing commissions or advertising 
or like designing some shoes for Nike or something. Well, especially the gap between some of these issues start to get to the point where I'm like, like he must be doing others right, or is he just living for no. like four months off the income of one com? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. I mean, I wish he was a little bit more. Like I said, he kind of drops the whole thing about getting divorced. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, there's all these. I don't know, and that's part of it. Feels a bit like a hustle, a bit too. And I know that's a modern trend. That's the one thing I don't like. Yeah, we've talked before about the YouTube channel cartoonist Kayfabe, which is Jim Rugg and Ed Piscor. And they come from that whole, oh, it's kind of like a carnival wrestling con man show. They refer to people that like their stuff and sometimes themselves as marks, which means you're someone that you're going to get conned. I don't know. The whole framing device of this is just a trick and a ruse and... You're trying to separate people from their money. I understand that because that's how you get super rich in America. But it also doesn't make me inclined to appreciate your work any. Like, if you're just viewing this as some hustle to get money out of me, well, that's not... That may be true, and I guess I should applaud their honesty. But (laughs) why am I into that? You know what I mean? Why? So I'm intentionally being insulted if I like your stuff as a mark. Like, that means someone who is gullible. I feel like there's a difference between, like, a, just a, the, like a general video and, like, a creator interview. Like, some of the creator interviews, I find, are, are, are of a different quality than they're just general comments about, like, a wizard magazine. Oh, like, maybe the interviews are more, more engaging, or they're... Or they're since they're cartoonists, like they're they're, you're getting more insights into, like the topic or or the artists or like they're going page by page through an issue or something, when they when the creators are actually there of those comics, then just a like a Wizard magazine flip through. Oh, I've enjoyed their channel. They have good insights. I thought they're when they were doing the Watchmen issues was good to kind of think about those as issues. And I think they have smart insights, but it's that framing device of like, and I know you have to be like the alternative is you yourself end up a sucker and get taken advantage of by Marvel or DC. But I think I'd hope to think there's some middle ground where you can, you know, respect yourself and conduct your business and everything, but you don't look at the people that buy yourself your stuff is suckers or marks or whatever, you know, like some sort of middle ground where you like what you do and you're good and you want to get paid for it, but you don't view this as some sort of trick or con or whatever. A third way, if you will. <laughs> I feel like we're always bridging that, that gap, Andrew. I guess. Cause I always feel we're, some we're not indie enough sometimes. Yes, for sure. And sometimes it's like, oh, you're like you're too far Marvel, or you're not enough DC, or whatever the thing is. I am definitely had that vibe at some of those shows where I walk in and <laughs> they can smell the stink of superhero on me. I definitely, but I never feel like superhero fans are so dense. <laughs> it's easy. You can fool them pretty easy. <laughs> yes, they don't have that same radar that gets up, but. Yeah, so some of the marketing stuff, that's why I stopped reading it, just felt like, 
oh, I got to trick you into buying the stuff instead of a more genuine excitement for the material and things they're promoting. And I don't know. And why Why should it bother me? You either like the I don't stuff know. or you don't. That should be the judge, right? Not if you feel like you're being made fun of or ripped off or whatever. What do I care? If I like the thing, does it matter that they think they're ripping me off or not? I mean, as long as it's a, a value to you. Yeah. What What's the most valuable comic out there? Going back to one of these issues. Um, like on the open <laughs> market or to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. But yeah, 8-Ball, the complete slash, is it really complete, Fandagraphics collection? What's with two? that dog? Or the or the non dog. Yeah. I by then I it was hard getting me to care anymore, <laughs> Kevin. I know that's terrible, okay. but so many turns where like I said, he brings up something and then just drops it and I'm like, Well, if we're not really gonna resolve anything, then why am I you know, getting invested in these turns and I guess I'll just passively trot along and like I said, get lost in some of the design elements and the and those sort of artistic questions that I think are interesting more than the actual story or getting invested in that part of it. Well, I'm just glad I I I feel like it's it's gone up to that baseline blankets level because I kind of feel before I'm like, "Oh no, it's kind of trend it could trend downward or it was trending downward at one point I'm like, "Oh no. Oh no, this is this isn't a good look." Yeah, but at least some of that stuff, you know, I'm with you, but at least it feels somewhat fresher, like, oh, it's Jeff Lemire playing hockey growing up. At least that's something different than him, how many times he can masturbate, or you know what I mean? Like, maybe it's not any more interesting, but at least it's different at this point. Yeah, I mean, I I think... I've definitely had my struggles with with stuff like this and stuff like that and everything, so... And, like I said, at least with Klaus, you can get lost in the technical skill on display. That's that's the thing that's that's probably more interesting and surprising. Because, like, if if I'm reading something else, it's usually, like, one style. Or they, like, get better, and then they try to pretend they don't get better because they're like, oh, I want everything to look the same because this goes through many years. But yeah, there's so many different things on display, so many different styles. I mean, if so I that's great. one thing that would have really improved it from a process, I kind of wish he had a letterer. Sometimes I feel like the lettering's a little... Yes! Mm. When, he, when they do the, the lettering that's more like the curly lettering... Yeah. I don't like that lettering. I feel like that's from a pro. The you know who am I to critique? A, clearly a master at the process, but that's the one where I'm like, dude, maybe you could have sprung for a letterer. I know it means you don't get to live in such a big mansion or something, but <laughs> it would have. That's the one thing that at times jumps out at me is like, yeah, this this feels like it. But I guess that would go against the spirit of like I'm just put, throwing this thing together. I guess it kind of reminds me of that, you know, there was a whole transition with, like, Malibu's coloring and stuff. I feel like there was something with lettering when people discovered fonts. And they're like, we can use a hundred fonts <laughs> on this comic. And, like, the the 
curly lettering reminds me so much of when they decided to use this complicated, curvy, hard-to-read font that because Thor was from Asgard. And I'm like, I'm like, my dudes, this is getting hard to read. You know, my favorite example of that, Kevin, you know, that's the, hey, what if we put the vibration effect from Photoshop on this image to give it motion? <laughs> Which I remember in Satellite Sam, works. <laughs> when they were like a guy's coughing, so why don't we put like a, a cough on top of the words he's talking to make it hard to read? Because he's coughing at the, I'm like, this isn't doing it for me. Yeah, some of that. And like you say, I think there's just that excitement about, oh, we have this tool, let's yeah. beat it into the ground. And you're like, no, you can use it very, very sparingly. But I mean, usually it gets better. Usually people figure out what's happening. I hope listeners have hung around for this. I like our new, let's just read a big chunk of it. And it, it puts us in a better mood and has a better product and... You know, feel free to contact me. When this is over, there's a good chance that Andy will be disposing of the complete eight ball. Although it is getting a little bit beat up, Kevin. Binding's holding up, but yeah, yeah. I gotta say, like, I, I, you, you, you feel it moving inside, but it is not splitting the spine. No, that whole let's just stitch the issues together. Maybe it works. Although the front cover. That having that fold there is pretty prominent. Now it doesn't sit closed or anything. I mean, yeah, you're right there, yeah. But we didn't spring for the expensive one, Kevin. You cheap <laughs> so-and-so. I mean, really, aren't you to blame? <laughs> you're supposed to get this graded? CGC'd? Well, some of this, and the pull quotes are just part of it, too, like NPR's, like, the seminal work of the greatest artist. Since you didn't check out some of the letters, I had to check out the letters where it was the issue after where, you know, he was asking for the, those tapes when people are crank calling people. Yes. What was the, what was the... He just... Put some. He was just talking about people sending them in and and who the winner was and stuff like that. Because I, I I was like, is he going to talk? Like, what what is he going to say? And then of course I had to check out some other letter columns because sometimes they would, you know, when like you would print like one negative letter and all the positive letters, and then, yeah. but that like one negative isn't necessarily like the one per one thousand or whatever. Yeah, there was definitely like some like letters I like. You are the most cynical, vile man that hates everything. I hate your comic type of letters. Well, so much of it was their names of comic book people. And so I couldn't tell if it was that was part of the joke. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing, too. And because this is like 40 years removed, like it was hard for me to be like, okay, what would Chuck Dixon have said in 1991? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, that kind of like, uh, uh, how, is this fun? Like... Part of the gag of it was just lost to time for me. And that's where reading these when they came out probably made a lot more sense because you'd be like, oh, that's a real funny, you know, funny that he would think that he would say that. Or maybe he really did. I don't know. I'm assuming most of these are gags when they have famous people, although one of the Hernandez Gilbert wrote in. So maybe that was real because they did hang out. I don't know. And like I said, because I'm not so familiar with what they were doing and then... I can't tell if it was a joke. I mean, even if he wrote it, maybe he wrote a joke answer. I don't 
I don't know. I, I think it would be cool if we found a letter that was like Ed Brubaker writing in. Because yeah. at a moment in here, I was just like, low life? Because I've read that like that that low life collection where he was he was a cartoonist. Well, what I'm hoping is I'm going to get to the back and it'll be whirlwind Kevin in one of these letters, <laughs> and you're just waiting to ambush me with that. Be like, oh, you need to check out issue 17 letter page. There's a real funny one there, and bam, if, it's you. If, if you want me to, to send you all my eight ball comics <laughs> that I've done, I mean, I have a lot to send you. Because maybe it would be like, I could see how you maybe wrote a letter to 8-Ball back in the day. <laughs> uh, no, I, I didn't. I don't think I knew about... Well, I mean, there was the Wi- Wizard magazine. It's funny because that was always my least favorite column in, in Wizard was the Palmer's Picks, where he would highlight some weird indie comic. And now they seem less weird. But yeah. it, it it was never like those books that I would eventually get in. Like, what's like the Casanova of like nineteen? I don't know of the nineties or whatever that that he would promo. Like, it wouldn't be something like that. It would always be something like an eight ball or something. And I would just be like, I don't want to read that. <laughs> but I think I read them all pretty much because it was a Wizard magazine. You just read everything. Well, part of that's also that era of like. Like you were saying, and they make fun of in this, like, this is a hot comic to make money on type of... Which, uh, it's not like that doesn't happen today. They're just on the internet with YouTube channels being like, oh, you gotta buy the first appearance of Superman's cousin's aunt, next door neighbor's dog, or whatever. Like, soon to be in the James Gunn movie or something like that, you know? So it's not that I don't appreciate that that's been an angle but it felt like that was really people were trying to be scientific about it more like now it just seems like you're just trying to gobble up first appearances and create new first appearances (laughs) i mean people are definitely super scientific about it (laughs) like really scientific about it that seems ripe for the next eight ball comic to come out kevin dan klaus should talk update on Dan Pussy what he's doing now in the <laughs> 2020s how he's getting by but I don't know what Klaus just, is up to I don't know because he did he did do the interview and didn't he have some graphic novels come out but I don't know I always find it find it weird sometimes when like I thought like I guess maybe comic people are more likely to have the bug and not be able to quit than it seems like other things you do in life. Yeah, well, it's hard to hard to give up what you love. But I think we're going to call this the end of uh, these two idiots talking for now, but probably to be continued, Kevin? Question mark? You want to leave them on a cliffhanger? Well, I mean, we think we're going to read these, but can we say for sure? <laughs> I mean, come on. If I said right now, hey, Kevin, we either got to finish this or you got to read all those Night Thrasher comics. Which one are you picking? <laughs> uh, Kurt Busiek wrote some of those Night Thrasher comics. And don't tell me you're not curious about Kurt Busiek writing Night Thrasher. All right. Dance a lot. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Kevin? Uh, noise out. <laughs>